Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. You know what I'm about to say, and I know you want to hit that forward 30 second thing just to not hear me say it, but please hear me out. We need your support now more than ever. The Tortoise Shack has thousands of people listening, but obviously people are feeling the pinch, particularly after Christmas, and we are struggling to keep the lights on, mics on, and conversations like the one you're about to listen to keep happening. We've no ads, we've no sponsors, we rely entirely on you to pay it forward and keep this project going. It is the price of a fancy cup of coffee to you once a month, but to us it's mics on, lights on, bills paid, and we get to keep going in 2024, which is going to be a huge year of elections. So if you value what we do, give something back. Click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise It's right there at the top of the podcast you're about to listen to. And it ain't a one-way street. You get a ton of additional content for that, including all our podcasts as quickly as I can turn them around, completely plea-free. So, for example, if you were listening to our live podcast from a few weeks ago at the Sugar Club with Barra, who talked about his journey of death, the trip of death from Turkey to Greece and then winding up homeless on the streets of Dublin. Well, Barra, Brian and Aziz rejoined us for an update on his situation, how he's getting on since then and what's happening with his family and friends in Gaza and indeed in Rafa at the moment. That's available right now on the Patreon feed for all of our members so by joining us, you get access to that and our entire back catalogue in one consolidated feed. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise Thanks so much for your support. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and folks, this is a podcast that we were waiting to do since the live show we did at Podcast for Palestine. Um, it was a wonderful night. It was filled with lots of highs and lows and great conversations that were had and many people who were... Um, told stories, personal stories, but above all else, what it spoke to was a bit of unity and a bit of um, what what we can do when we come together. And I also want to reflect that um, on the night, you know, you don't know how things are going to go. You, you you try to prep for these things, and then all of a sudden, it takes a life of its own. And part of when I took a life of its own is why we're having these follow up conversations. Um, but you know, I suppose. I kind of got a heads up knowing when we were going to do it that um, that that the accidental rapper Brian um, had said to me we were gonna they were gonna play a piece with 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 Aziz and and Ara who's not joining us here but but the two lads um, had had kind of said we're gonna work together on this piece that Brian was doing and the video had gone around and I had said this is gonna be really good on the night. My God, did it really knock my socks off. Lads, um, it's great to see the two of you and Barra, and we'll come to you in a moment, Barra. But before we do, can we go to the two lads? What was your overall feeling, Aziz, if you don't mind me asking, on the night of 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 performing that for the first time in front of a live audience, including your family? Yeah, it's actually, it was great. Like, um, yeah, seeing everyone coming, uh, supporting Palestine, the Palestinian cause, the solidarity. Yeah, it's a good thing like to just go and perform and Palestinian music and to see that the IP was supporting us. So yeah, it was a good like uh, experience. And the the actual reaction in the room because I mean, you're not you're playing an instrument most people had never even seen before. Yeah. And, and and here they are watching you and you're you're pretty much how do I put this? You're remixing uh, Brian's song with it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, when he told me you have to play this song, so I just thought of like a rhythm to play with it, and it just we clicked straight away and we played it. So yeah, and the, the, the like the crowd were like they were like with us, they enjoyed, I think, and we enjoyed playing for them as well. So yeah, Brian, um, you were as a, you kind of only wrote the song, 
um, uh, as uh, someone asked you to, I, I, I wasn't sure if this was one of these things he'd written and that had evolved over over um, a couple of years, as many songs do. Was it always something you had in, in mind? Yeah, well, I, I wrote the song about two years ago. Um, so as a friend of mine, well, actually didn't know her at the time. Um, she wrote to me out of out of nowhere. Um, Fera Katena, um, so she's living in Belfast, but she's she's Palestinian. Um, and she said to me, so she was putting on a gig for Low Key, who's yeah. British Iraqi rapper, I'm sure many of you would know, um, up in Belfast. And she's like, I'd love to get, um, we have like a Northern Irish band playing, we have other Palestinian speakers, I'd love to get someone from the South up to play. Um, and she'd seen my work through Instagram and she thought my stuff was good. And she's like, oh, would you be up for doing it? I was like, yeah, like Low Key would have been um, someone who would have always looked up to as a performer. Um, but it's protest music. Oh, it's all oh, exclusively. That's why I call myself the accidental rapper. Like I don't, I'm not a musician. Like I didn't never grew up playing music or, or writing music. It was only the last couple of years through activism, working campaign, and that I got into to writing rhymes and stuff. Um, yeah. And people seemed to enjoy them. But yeah, that that's that's where that song came from initially. And then um, I recorded the Spotify version earlier this year mm. um, with uh, Abdullah Abiyari who's uh, he's not here tonight but he he plays the oud um, mm. Palestinian oud so he he actually wrote the melody for that uh, he couldn't make it to the sugar club yeah. that night so uh, I knew Aziz um, was I'd, I played with Aziz at a protest uh, earlier this year um, back in like February or something yeah it was like that yeah. and uh, yeah so I got him up to play the canoe and it was it was class now he didn't tell it but like on the night we did a rehearsal during the week and that's yeah, the videos yeah. you saw the videos were shot by none other than the man who's sitting. Yeah, Barra, Barra took the clips. Yeah, exactly. But we'll we'll, we'll come to Barra because he stole the show. But nonetheless, well, yeah, but, well, no, but Aziz played a different melody on the night. Like it, all the solos and stuff, we hadn't actually planned that in. You just kind of went for it. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you went. You went all out because there's a moment where um you, you when if you're listening, folks, you listen back to it. There's a great moment where um you uh it feels like it's coming to an end, and you say. Go, just go. <laughs> That's all you say. And as is, you just go. Yeah, I just seen the crowd, and I decided to do new things in the in the evening. It worked out. So yeah, it was it was because I think we'd said at the time, and I, I don't know if you were aware of this disease. I said he goes, "How long have we got?" And I said, "I said, how long do you need?" He goes, "About ten minutes." I think the whole thing is about eighteen. If you if it, in terms of, and I mean that note. There's a there's a lot of like Brian talks true a lot of um, names checks a lot of people and that's really powerful in itself but I just thought it was quite it was quite in keeping with the night where it was organic in the room if you felt it in the room you just went with it and that was what was lovely but in terms of the in terms of the actual the actual um, combination of the three of you I thought it was really powerful um, if you plans to do something like that again yeah I told him like after that event let's do something new and he said he's gonna write new music it's like, yeah, let's do something. So I enjoyed it. So hopefully he would write a new song and I will play it. We've started scribbling a few lines already. So brilliant. And yeah, and, so and, and I have to say, um, I'd be surprised if people aren't knocking down your door to do some some new stuff because uh I I I was, you know, as I said, I'd I'd gotten I'd seen the video that this man had made and I knew it, how how good it was gonna be, but I didn't actually think it was gonna just knock her socks off as it did. Um before we then go on to some of you know, the kind of issues right now um can we can we just talk a little bit about that sense of community now and maybe we can talk about it through the through the lens of barra if you don't mind because ultimately when you decided um that you wanted to say a few words you wanted to talk on the night your mazen said to me my friend wants to speak 
and I said, um, and I said, of course. Uh, and then I said, how do I, you know, I tried to get a, a sense of what you were going to say. So Mazen explained a little bit and you were a little bit shy. Yeah. Um, and, and you were, uh, but, but when you were, um, but while you were being shy, you kind of said, look, we'll go for it. And we basically, I think we bumped a, a song. We were, we were going to have music at the time. And, um, and in that moment, then you got on stage and I just introduced you as a guy who had, uh, who had left Gaz and come to Dublin. Barra, you told your story. Um, what did, first of all, can we just, for people who haven't listened, um, can we just do a quick summary of, of uh, how you left Gaza and you're now sitting at my dining room table? Yeah, so basically his story was um, he lived uh, from Turkey to Cyprus first. He swam about six hours swimming and he didn't know where to go, but he was like seeing lights it from was the sea. Turkey to Kos, wasn't it? It was like some island in Cyprus. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What's it called? Yeah, Tukos. Tukos, yeah. And then uh, he was just looking at the lights and just following through. But before doing it, he was scared because whenever he wanted to do it, he's a good swimmer, but he was looking at the sea and the sea was dangerous. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to back down. Then he got a friend for motivation and he did it. And he reached Cyprus after six hours of swimming. And he was saying that it was so hard because so many times the sea was... Yeah, it was rough. was rough. And yeah... And it's like, a, as we said, like the death, uh, what's it called? The death trip, like. Yeah, because you never trip know. of death, yeah, you called it. Death, yeah. yeah. And then he reached that island and then he seen the Irish support and everything about Ireland, how they love Palestine and share struggle. And he decided to come to Dublin, to Ireland. So, yeah. yeah but, that's not, but that's not just it, because you came to Dublin and you found out that the asylum process was difficult and not only was it difficult you were not they said you weren't entitled to any accommodation and you found yourself how many days on the streets it was about like maybe two weeks or a month one and a half months yeah, yeah one and a half months on the street, I, yeah. I, I, I had in my head 40 days yeah, yeah 40 days something like that yeah and, and Barry, how hard was that everything's hard you know uh, the weather now is very cold outside and uh uh, when I go only uh, him tell, tell me uh, we don't have immigration because uh, we have uh, too much uh, people here we, we are busy and we have uh, we have big problem uh, for immigration and uh, you have wait only tell me yeah the usual stuff like yeah, yeah but but yeah. so so See the way you say it's the usual stuff, Aziz. That's what's funny because we know it's not the usual stuff. There's a two tier system. Yeah. If you've left a war zone effectively. Yeah. So if you had left a war zone in Ukraine, you would not have been treated like this. Exactly. Yeah. Can Can I ask you, Barry, when you saw that, did you did did you know that there was a there was a difference between how people from Ukraine were yeah, being treated. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Because uh, if you anyone come from Ukraine, um, anyone family or guys or anything, uh, he have uh, immigration. And when 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 he arrived to Ireland, mm. uh, yeah. So what I was trying to say is like, if you're from Ukraine, the minute you arrive to Dublin, Ireland, you get given accommodation and everything. 
No, but and even if even if you're not fortunate to get accommodation, because some people from Ukraine ended up in you know military bases and things like this where yeah. they had to be, they didn't end up giving me, they weren't given tents to live in the streets of exactly, Dublin yeah. and a voucher for thirty quid to kind of buy some shop shopping yeah. in Duns. That's the difference. Um, and when, but then. Um, Again, I want to just go back to that night in the Sugar Club when you decided that you wanted to speak, because I think people want to hear this. When you decided you wanted to talk, did you feel in that? Was it because of the 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 room, the the people in the room that you thought I'm I'm comfortable now, or did you just want to speak because you thought people need to hear this? Uh, maybe <laughs> together. Mm. Uh, I want to to speak. I. Yeah, so basically he, he didn't expect himself to speak, so he just gave he told Mazen, let's let me try and speak. Mm. Yeah, but when you when you did it, it it um you were in a room with a you know, over a hundred people who who were there because they cared about what was happening in Palestine. And since then some of those people have tried to help you. Is that fair? Yeah, maybe like this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It was trying like to tell his story to people who care about him, so they can find him a solution for his like problems. So yeah, there has been some. Not everything has been perfect, but you're not in a tent anymore in on the streets. You're you 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 have a, a bed. Uh, yeah, uh, I have a bed now uh, for maybe one and a half months mm. uh, from. Oh, one people here yeah. from Ireland and uh, after I don't know uh, because actually I I don't have address uh, right now to, uh, from uh, I pass yeah. you know yeah and when um and when we talk about that we also need to know how we how you how hard it is to navigate the asylum process and if you don't have support it's impossible give you he was saying um, if you're coming to Dublin for asylum you have to be the one handling everything going, running looking for lawyers looking for for doctors looking for everything it's not mm. uh, it's easy it's hard oh yeah like yeah. I, I, I I only say this because I know since then that other people have offered to help and you've you know you've had we've had people who are in the room on the night offer you know to get uh, a legal assistance and uh, to to get you the medical assistance that you need and i think these things will help with your with the process but it just shows because i'm supposed brian what i want to say to you as the as, as the as the other other irish guy in, in the room is that we keep hearing this nonsense of you know, we need to tighten our immigration. Uh, we need to make it harder. Sounds pretty fucking hard at the moment, yeah? Yeah. Um, and it was just to qualify what you were saying earlier as well. Like, the because of this two-tier system, you see a lot of people, even progressives on the left, who are making comments about how Ukrainians are being treated. Mm. And it's even dividing people who want to help on the left. I mean, mm. Irish people, by nature, are very charitable people. And we want to help Ukrainians. There was huge support for Ukraine. Yeah. This time last year, or in February 2022, um, and it's the same with Gaza, um, but the government have set it up in a way that they're not being treated the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like like all NGOs and charities that are, we're, we're kind of people are left to pick up the pieces and fill in those gaps, and it it shouldn't be the case. Like it's it's 
it's a blatant two-tier system and it's it's frankly racism like it, it, do you oh, know what uh, i mean it's you, how else you describe it They're, i was in the minister for housing was in in here um late last year and i said to him we have a two-tier system and he denied it he said no we don't and i and i said we do and he said uh, we we absolutely don't we absolutely don't i went well actually the courts say we do because a young teenager from afghanistan took a case against the irish state to say that he was told to go out onto the streets and 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 he won and he didn't have an answer for that but the funny thing is not only did he have not have an answer for that the lack of media engagement to cover it to show that we now officially have a two tier system there was no interest for that so so Aziz I put it to you as someone who 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 is 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 Palestinian Irish right you must have seen this since you've arrived as as a young as a young boy as a young man you see this two tier system now yeah i know it now yeah um it's different like um like I don't think we should uh, differentiate between anyone. Should no. be like be treated the same because we're all the same at the same time. Um, yeah, it's mad. Uh, like I don't think the skin of color, anything should be the the, the thing to get you like anti-tier. Like you should be all treated the same. But if you can gonna do, if I'm gonna offer someone the right to work, yeah. and someone else not the right to work. That's already a, a different system, exactly, and yeah. and that's where the you know I mean, um, Barry, you're you're like I met, referenced earlier. You took the video of the guys playing. You were uh, this is what you do is is cameras and and video and footage. You'd love to be working in cameras and video and footage and, and doing that now, yes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in Gaza uh, and uh, this oh, this already my uh, work, I studied this in uh, in Gaza. Mm. I finished in uh, university IT, uh, like photography, that video, and uh, I work uh, the same work in Turkey when I was in Turkey, and uh, I hope to uh, work this work uh, here. Mm. But uh, you know, uh, I don't know where's. Uh, what the government uh, uh, like this? I I want to wait like six months to get documents for work, mm. or paper for work. You you know, and uh, and if if I want to study, I can't complete my study because I want to uh, take uh, like ID and uh, I will wait maybe one year. I don't know why, but uh, I think different for be uh, for all the people from Ukraine. Uh, w- when you come here, uh, any, anyone from Ukraine, he gets uh, commigration, he gets, uh, he can, uh, he can study, he can, uh, yeah, yeah, permit, he get, yeah. yeah, yeah, he can uh, get help for money or, uh, he can do everything. He can work, he can travel, everything. Mm. But I, I don't, what's the difference, really? There's no difference, but the, the, but the difference is the system. The difference is the system because, like, sorry, Brian, you wanted to. Oh, I just want to say it. Like, and like, people from Ukraine should get that treatment. Exactly. This they is should, why I'm saying everyone like, should get that treatment. If, 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 if the idea of universal human rights is universal, not not uh, not based on where you were born or or you know um, by how you got here, it, it, it's universal human rights. And these conversations, and I, and I again, Aziz, I want to ask you a little bit about it. Is that you know. You're 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 here. Uh, you're you're here half your life and half your life in 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 Gaza almost at this stage. When you see that and you realize that there that there's this kind of, you know, when we when we if you go for a job, you can't be discriminated against. You know, um, sex, race, religion, um, political beliefs, and this, but you can be discriminated against. But where you're born, yeah, that's uh, that's true. So if you where where you're born is sometimes makes a difference. Um. Yeah, 
it's it's mad like uh i don't know like I, i'll tell you a story like my friend like uh, he during college time so my friend he's uh he's, he was born in iraq basically so we have to do like some uh internships and because he was born in iraq he wasn't allowed to to be in the internship mm. because the company pans like people from who was born in Iraq and everything, which is wrong. Like, mm. because you should be treated the same whether you're born in Ireland or like in Gaza or anywhere. And they don't, and and people don't understand. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna be really blunt about it. Like, I mean, it's only a few years ago everybody was saying, if you recall, they they stopped. LAX uh, airport, Brian, because they were Trump was talking about deporting the the Dreamers, and now we have a deal where Joe Biden, who's supposed to be the antidote, is actually doing a thing that won't help the Dreamers at all. So immigration is becoming this problem, and I problem is the wrong word, but it's becoming weaponized everywhere now. As we head into an election cycle across the globe, they're talking about immigration more and more, as opposed to, and and in a negative sense, but not in what it adds to um, to the communities. Yeah, and I mean, an interesting point on that, like, culturally, the world has never been smaller. People have never been more similar across cultures. Mm. Um, so, a good way to divide people is geographically based on where we where were we born I mean there's you know yourself I mean there's, there's no difference between Barra and myself in terms of interests and outlook and everything everything else um, he's probably a better hurler than you probably I wouldn't be heard <laughs> um, but yeah just just to say that like yeah it's I, and one thing I will say you hear it said a lot of what people saying you hear in Ireland a lot of and internationally people saying oh as we're trying to free Palestine, Palestine is really freeing us. Yeah. Um, and you are really seeing that in terms of the facade coming down around institutions, around... I mean, if I was in the US coming into an election now, I'd be saying, what's there to vote for? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I made that point, and I'm going to sound like I'm being give myself a pat on the back but I made that point on, on a podcast we recorded this morning whereby they're saying in the US for example that democracy is on the ballot they keep saying this democracy is on the ballot well if democracy was on the ballot you'll give people two fucking options to yeah, vote yeah, for yeah. Them, a, yeah. pick A or B democracy yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can, can we have better than, than, than this because surely in a country of 500 million people there's better options I mean I would be thinking if I was in the US um, and I was in that situation I'd be thinking very hard about, I mean, the US is one of the only countries where you have to manually file your tax returns. Everybody mm. has to do it. Um, and it was also their like whole independence was formed on no taxation without representation. Mm. I mean, if I was, if I, if I did the political outlook that I have here and I was yeah, living in the US, I'd be saying neither of these people represent me. Mm. And then I, don't want, I don't want my tax money going to, to help fund Israel bombing Gaza. That's it. Would I be filing a return come in April? And not only that, when you think about it, that's how that's the only way you get anything done. And um, we think in in terms of uh, non-payment ends governments. Um, can I ask you guys now, uh, Bar, if you don't mind, um, your own situation since you've left Gaza? You spoke about your family members who you've lost previously. How are how are your family now who are who are still in Gaza? Uh Actually, I don't know uh, about my family because, uh, you know, uh, we don't have uh, electric there and uh, we don't have anything there, you know, in Gaza. And uh, uh, he go uh, to, uh, like, every two weeks to another home to 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 find, to, to, to try to find a place uh, safe. But, but actually, we don't have any place safe in, in Gaza. Uh, and I can connect with my family 
every three days for the only message in mm. WhatsApp or Instagram or like like this. Uh, oh yeah. And and we've all seen the blackout where it was for eight days, then it came back, and then it was for three days. No yeah, one like this. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But geographically, whereabouts in Gaza are are they now? Are they have they had to travel? Have they you know had to be displaced, lost their homes? Yeah, uh, and now uh, we lost everything. Yeah, we we have uh, like five thousand uh, in in Gaza because when I was in Gaza, yeah. So basically, he was saying like in Gaza, like he, his their situation, his family, they were pretty good. Like mm. now after genocidal war, like he was saying, he has like I I hate this phrase though because everybody then says we had it pretty good. We you know it's like when I, no. I remember when I talked to Rifat all the time. Rifat yeah. would say he had he had he had money even when things were getting expensive. Yeah. He still had money. It is yeah. He was saying like at least he has like a shelter. Mm. They had the house, but now they don't have nothing. Everything is destroyed. Uh, and his family, like they, they, they moved like five times from where they were to Kanyunis to Darbalah to Rafah, and now they're saying where they're gonna go, like. And where are they gonna go, Aziz? Like, that's the question. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, they shouldn't be going anywhere. It's their land. It's their city. It's their country. They should be staying there. They should be like going back to their houses, and this should be stopped like immediately because what's happening now? It's sad. And the whole world is watching us getting killed in cold blood and no one's doing anything. I um, was talking to um, a friend of mine in, in, in Rafa uh, yesterday and they were talking about the price of everything, how everything had gotten so expensive, you know. So eggs were 500% more expensive, yeah. flour so much more expensive. Survival mode, as you say, yeah. But, but the worst part of it was, was the phrase that she used, and it kept me up last night for hours, where she said that everything has gotten expensive except Palestinian blood. Exactly, yeah. It is, yeah. It's just true. Like, like I'll tell you a story. My my dad's friend, um, he's an intellectual guy. He's a university professor, and he was living in his house and everything. Then the IOF, I'm not gonna call them the IDF, the mm. IOF, they came to his house, and they threatened him. They told him to leave, and he was like, "No, I'm not gonna leave. This is my house and everything." And he's 85. They, this like they start beating him to death, and then after he refused to leave his house just went outside and just blew the house on him that's it and he while, while he was inside yeah they... because he refused to leave his house they were like I'm not gonna leave my house either I'm gonna stay here or I'm gonna die left him they blew the house and he's now he's dead so yeah it's, and it's, he's probably still under the rubble yeah it, yeah. there's so many like the numbers you're seeing right now 30k were killed they're like double the numbers and under the rubble like, and no one knew anything about him. No, I, I, I'm terrified to think, I mean, we have seen 12 days to find Hind's body, that young six-year-old, 12 days. And I know someone told me recently that someone else I know who, who was killed, who's now, I think, 10 weeks dead. They've never recovered the body. Um, I, I, I don't know, but, but the idea of where people are going to go, um, the plan, they've said, is now, you know, we have a plan to allow people to evacuate from Rafa. They can leave Rafa. But does that mean go into the sea or go into the Sinai? All, all I'm going to say, like, 
before he's going to say something. Um, they always repeat this thing to say to Sinai or die. Mm. To Sinai. We had to hell or to connect. Exactly the same. Like Ser Sogil. The Balfour, Bloody Balfour in your house. They said to hell or to connect. And yeah. Netanyahu is telling us to Sinai or die. There's ha- no option. Sinai or die. So yeah. And what do you, um, Barra, where do you think, where do you think in the next, watching it now, you can see it from outside of Gaza, you can see the international community. Do you feel that there, that this is, this is not going to stop now, that people have allowed Israel can to do what they want? Okay, he he's saying like the international community has let us as Gazans down because they're not doing anything, they're not intervening, they're just saying ceasefire now. But we need ceasefire now is not going to do anything. We need action. We need something happen. That's what he's saying. He's saying if uh, Gazans are being let down, and it's horrible like to see like your own like family, your own friends are getting killed, and you can't do anything about it. You just watch the news, and they're getting killed. Like murder and call the blood, and you just look at the news. You can do anything. Yeah, there's no um, there's no good news. Sure, there's not. There's no good news. Nothing. Like people in the north, like I have family in the north right now, and they're telling me they're eating dog donkeys meat now and cats and everything to survive. They're eating, they, yeah. They even have bread as well. Uh, it's horrible. Like what's happening? Yeah, only I think uh, now only all the time I think uh, how I can bring my family outside Gaza, you know, because uh, we don't have any uh, accommodation to sleep. It's five thousand. It's five thousand. No, five thousand. Yeah. Like like ten thousand. Yeah. If we're dead, increase the yeah, price. Yeah. yeah. Like ten thousand. And listeners wouldn't be aware of this. No. You no. have to pay to get people onto the, this. There's third party intermediaries that are that are that are making money now by charging. By our yeah, blood. That's from Egypt. Our blood. Yes. yes. I, 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 someone asked me, and I won't betray anybody's confidence. Yeah. Someone asked me, do I know a way that we could raise 35,000 euro? And I thought to myself, the first thing I thought to myself was, God, I should really try. Yeah. Because they want to try. Are we people want to try? But we should not be rewarding. And Brian, you notice it because you see it in, in what happens with, with Frontex and Fortress Europe. We should not be rewarding what is effectively people smuggling. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the only way of survival if you actually think about it other way. But like you we should be living in Gaza and where it's like that's our city, that's our country. And it's getting like like what's happening in nineteen forty eight, nineteen sixty seven, and now it's happening in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty. It's worse now. It's worse, yeah. It's like yeah. When you so to give people a sense, people always say the you know the Gaza Strip, the most densely populated open air prison in the world. But when you were born there, did you think of it as a as an open air prison? Yeah, I'll tell you something, right? When like as 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 a as a as a Gazan child who was born like if you say in Gaza or born like I'll tell you, I'll just give you the comparison. Imagine you're you're born in Dublin or you're born in Gaza. When you're born in Gaza, everything you see is, is a blessing to you. Mm. Like basically, because you don't know what's inside, outside this open air prison. Like when I when I wanted to come to Dublin, I had to register my name and I had to wait three years so I can get the confirmation so I can travel. So imagine mm. that. Like now I can go to the airport, travel wherever I want to go. Like that's simple things like we dream of as a Gazans, as a child, as I was there, born there. So yeah, like simple things can make a difference in the Gazans' child. Like travel, just go to the sea, do uh, doing what the normal kid in, in the West can do or like outside Gaza. We consider this as a blessing, a blessing life. So yeah, it's different.
It's not just different. It's it's you it's know like basic human basic like human rights were getting stripped of. So yeah, it, 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 you weren't stripped of them. If you you were never given them. Exactly. Yeah, we're never given them. Uh, and that worries me because when people when we see it in such a way as that you know because there's this this argument and Brian you'll have heard it from Western media all the time that uh, Israel withdrew from Gaza. Um, you know the, the what are, what are, what were they rebelling they against? What's the buzzing noise? So they were hearing all the the videos if they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the and Barry, you know this. You know the 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 noise of the drones, the the drones every time. So every time you every time you call home, you you call home. Mm, this all the time. Yeah, yeah. You get traumatized from that. Oh, actually, you yeah. got to sleep and and at night when you listen. Yeah, but but all the time in Gaza, you can't listen to this uh, the sound. And those oh, yeah. and those drones can do different things. Some of them can do facial recognition. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them um, are armed. Some of them are, are and some of them are being used by the best software companies in the world. Yeah. You know, and we 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 look at this and we just think to ourselves, no, we just hear the hum. Um, and I will tell the two of you this that when I was uh, started recording with people in Gaza several years ago, I used to subtract. So when we're recording, you can keep the the dead air and you can subtract the background noise. And I used to take it out for listeners' benefit. And then I just said. No, they have to hear it. They must hear it because if I'm hearing it all the time, I'm hearing it in my sleep. They must be hearing it, and it's just such a scary thing. It must have been the sound of your, of your, you know, teenage years, all the time. Can I ask you, um, Baron? I'm sorry now to 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 push you on this, but your your own situation. You have to wait six months now, is it for for your asylum process now as at minimum, or have or, or do you think that there's any hope that you could get get leave to stay, leave to remain before then? Uh, maybe I will. Uh, I will stay right now. Uh, when I arrive to Ireland, I want to. Uh, I have to interview that second interview yeah uh, maybe after one year i i don't know why i think it's long time yeah uh, everywhere in europe i think three months you can get everything uh but here i think it's different well and i hope uh, he told uh, you uh, as is also uh, my dream i uh, i hope to take the document or strong passport to travel everywhere mm. that's the dream you, you want know, to see you yeah. want to see the world yeah yeah because we don't have really uh, actually uh, airport uh, in gaza only we see uh in the in the in the sky yeah in the yeah. sky only we see in the sky there was an uh, airport but they destroyed it destroyed, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see only uh, the, the plan in the sky uh, in gaza only for bombing or or something, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we're smiling, but it's not really funny. It's not funny, no. <laughs> because you know, I wouldn't have the issue, but we're not Yeah, like since we're trying to get used to it, so yeah. When you like go outside and travel, and you see like there's nothing in the sky, but like yeah, plane to fly into other country, you're still questioning yourself. When you arrived, disease was it a huge culture shock? Um, to be honest, it wasn't that culture shock for me because my dad. Yeah, I was here in Ireland, Dublin before, and he was telling me about Dublin, Ireland every time. Like he was, 
he was talking to me about Dublin. He was talking to me how how good Irish people are, how they helped him, how he was he was a student in Trinity and UCD, and he was telling me you have to go to Dublin and and uh, uh, did your dad not it. did your dad not take over Trinity and he, he, he takes over everything else? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was telling me like you have to go to, to experience the Irish culture and everything. They're lovely people who have shared a struggle because he's been like here activist since like the eighties. So he was yeah. Like, yeah he was telling me he was he was he was he was uh, le- uh, teaching the Irish history in in the other university. The other university that was bombed recently yeah uh to his students and that's why so many of his students like interested in ireland and now so many of his students come to dublin actually and they study continue their study here yeah i just um i i i'm well i'm well aware of your dad's um uh, how he has he ha- like he literally spoke he he taught he taught some of the teachers that I know, you yeah. know, uh, well, and sadly, some of the people who are no longer with us. Okay, yeah. um, Rifat is no longer with us. Um, can I just ask on the, um, I don't know if it meant as much to you as it did to me. Uh, and I'm interested to get your side on this point because I know you're in Belfast as well recently. But to see Rifat's words on the free dairy wall, um, did it, did it, did it, did it speak to you in a, in a way that, Sorry, folks. We're joined. We're joined by the kittens. Um, as Aziz, what did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, when when we saw Rifat's words on the wall, what did it mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot because, like, when you see like uh, a country from the, a different like side of the world, like we, the words of Rifat is there. Like, it actually means a lot. Like, we're being heard. Mm. Um, the solidarity is there. Uh, we're we're being remembered, and Drifat's words like means a lot to everyone because he he was a a pioneer, he was a good man, he was a teacher, and I remember, he was a troublemaker. He, and he, yeah, he was a troublemaker as well, and he was a funny man as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, it means did a lot. Like, did you ever see the, the did you see the screenshot I put up of um, when uh, I was down in the the local pub down the road in the Grave Diggers? Yeah, and I put up a p- point a picture of a lovely pint of Guinness, and I said, uh, I said, I'm 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 toasting you with this one, and he said, Yeah, but what about the other four you had? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he always had everybody sense of humor. Yeah. Oh no, but he had a dark sense of humor as well. Yeah. He was. It was. He was. Yeah, he was a great guy. I just I miss him all the time because he would always have a good we I one of my big regrets is just down the road is the um botanic gardens. Yeah. And he has young kids similar ages as, as my as my children. And we had said we would go for a walk down because we had, we had picked a few things we wanted to see and we had we had said we would do it. Yeah. And uh, it'll never happen now. And but he, but they murdered him. He did. Like I, I know they've murdered so many, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm constantly stuck on this. And Brian, you've just come back from from Belfast. Um, the All Ireland nature of the of solidarity and 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 you know, as I said, how universal Rifat's words are. How do you how do you feel in terms of the overall the Irish um, nation stands in terms of wanting more to be done? Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of, like, that's all that is literally what the, the song is about. Um, you see people, I have friends in Europe, I have friends in the States, you see people on TikTok saying, why is Ireland going so hard for Palestine? Why is this small island on the edge of Europe? Like, we don't, we're not a, a Muslim country, we don't have a huge Palestinian population. Why Why do Irish people care so much? Um, and it is, it is that kind of ingrained collective memory that people have, Um like you saw when the El Ali hospital was bombed and Israel said, oh, that wasn't us. 
No, uh, that was Islamic Jihad. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was the PIJ from the from the from the cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, if you remember, like the burning of Cork, the next day, the newspapers and the MPs in London said the the people of Cork did this to themselves yeah. in response to martial law. Um, so yeah, I, I I think like again we we've we've kind of seen it before, if not in our lifetimes, but in our in our history and in our, in in kind of generational memory. Mm. Um. So we, we recognise oppression and we recognise colonisation when we see it. Um, so like unlike other European countries who maybe don't have the same the same past, we we do take a well, second mo- look. Most at, of those were colonisers. Exactly, yeah. Um, I know like I've, uh, the lads are here today, but I have other Palestinian friends who've said to me that like the only thing that they're grateful for at the moment is that they're in Ireland and not like their cousins who are in Germany or, or somewhere else. Germany has disgraced itself. <laughs> yeah. But they, France is getting is, has said some awful stuff as well. But like you know, I saw a, a French minister today saying that they were they were considering um, sanctioning feminist organisations who dispute the official version of what happened on October seventh. I don't know anybody who has gone around and said, you know, what what happened on October seventh is 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 a good thing and doesn't deserve or shouldn't be talked about. It of course it needs to be open to investigation. It needs to be looked at it properly. It needs to be subject to proper fucking scrutiny and justice. Mm. But everything we've heard, unfortunately, from the Israeli point of view, beheaded babies and you know all of these. And who's been blocking the all debunked all debunked the yeah. international investigations? Not just debunked. It's 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 the fact that they lied so exactly, so yeah. clearly. And so then you then you distrust them and. I remember a couple of years ago with Issam Adwan, who's another great journalist who, yeah. I've, who I've known for for a few years. And Issam, when if you recall, do you remember they they they, they struck back when there was uh, 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 the Jabalaya refugee camp? Yeah. Um, they and four children were killed, yeah. and they said it was a misfired rocket, hmm. and they said it was a misfired rocket. And two weeks later, they admitted it was us. But yeah. the world had moved on. Yeah, Shreena so. Bakhla's same as Shreena Bakhla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, Barra. Um, can I ask you? Is there anything, anything that you're hopeful for or, or thankful for? Uh, only I think I told you. Uh, only I think uh, I told you before. Uh, I think all the time how I, I can bring my family out uh, outside Gaza. You know, because if they finish the war. I can't imagine because you 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 know we don't have any uh anything to go back to mm. home or something you know and uh, it's very expensive to uh take one for for one I told you like uh, 10 uh, uh, uh for yeah, for person Unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's I I think more expensive. Uh, it's very expensive for uh, maybe uh, one guy from here uh, or America, but I can't yeah. imagine one from Gaza. Well, you can buy you can buy an Irish passport for half a million. <laughs> on, yeah. No, you can. It's a yeah, golden yeah, yeah. visa. Like I mean, we've been doing this for years. But the, I'm talking about. We're talking about having to pay to get people out because they've nowhere to go back to. Because there's like it's you know, I we spoke to um I can't think of the woman's name she she's um her uh, a Palestinian who lives in Hawaii how great is that life Hawaii okay. yeah but she she's a geographer and she talked about remapping the return and how they would have to rebuild the return okay and it's fascinating how you could do that but it means also years and years and years of people being displaced while yeah. while you rebuild and that is exceptionally difficult without money. And the global community still stands by and Aziz doesn't seem to want to really help. 
Yeah. And I mean both the West and, unfortunately, the Arab world. Yeah, because uh, the Arab world is more complicit as well. Like they, they can do so much to end the genocide. They can kick their Israeli ambassadors. They can do so much. Like they can like uh, stop like the oil funding. The West, they can do so much shit, but they chose to be complicit against Palestine for some reason. They're afraid. They're slaves, as I'm I, saying. I ask one one question, Barra and, and, and Aziz, maybe you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but of, for the of the Houthi uh, uh, attacks on the ships, uh, I look at this as, 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 as something that is actually welcome in terms of as long as there's no loss of love, you're going to need to see this kind of disruption. What do you guys think? Yeah, he's saying like even uh, Yemen is a poor country, very and, poor. Yeah, and they were being bombed like for like they had their own war like for eight years. They still stood up and they helped uh, Gaza and they helped Palestine in their struggle because they're like they're not being bought by anyone and they have their own like they're just helping us. They're just helping us. Sorry, sorry, guys. A goal has gone in 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 the in the football, so we're being interrupted here for a moment. Yeah. Aziz loves his football. <laughs> <laughs> Double, so, come on. I would like to say, like, yeah, uh, like the Yemen stood with us, like brothers. Like, how should every Arab country should be doing? Because imagine if every Arab country should be doing at least what Yemen is doing, like doing what Yemen is doing. That's you know, side of the world. But if you took, us. if you took. What we always call the non-aligned countries, Brian, you know, so, you know, it was like we see solidarity from Colombia, from, you know, now with Lua in Brazil. Yes, Nicaragua, this is, is there hope there? I mean, ultimately, as long as the US keep funding um, Israel, I mean, it, we've seen it, they've blocked vetoing resolution after resolution, um, not accepting probably ICJ rulings and... and yeah playing it down in the media. Um, ultimately, it is the, the kind of stranglehold that the US has on, on global economics and global geopolitics. Um, that is where the pressure needs to come from. But we are seeing them come under pressure. We are seeing them start to crack. But we need we need all these other countries to do more, including Ireland. Um, yes. and, and you can see from people in Ireland, there is huge appetite for this. And again, when you talk about representation, do we feel like our politicians are representing us on it? Great at saying things, but not very exactly, good on, yeah. on the, on the um, follow-up. So yeah, uh, as he's saying, and like I read the quote like a while ago, and it said the only way we can defeat Israel is Israel to be a burden on America. It's not. A, it's not wrong. Yeah, it should be burden on the U.S. so it can be defeated as well. Like I would like to say, like as much as I like the support and solidarity from the IFU and everything, but I don't think the Irish government is doing anything. No, to help us with any any way possible. Like no. as you said, like we have been trying to get Mazin from mm. uh, Zach Zach from from Gaza and it's been like two months now and he's not moving he's not so I don't know I, I can tell you one of the responses we had from the embassy this week in, in Ramallah was try this NGO I mean yes we're going to try the NGO we're going to try it we're going to fucking try everything to get him out but we shouldn't have an emb- at the Irish embassy saying you know try a third party exactly yeah um, can I ask you both one final question yeah Unra defund UNRWA and all of the, the nasty things that, that happened with that. Uh, what did UNRWA mean to you both when you were in Gaza? Do you recall? Do you have? Do you remember? Was it the schools? Was it the infrastructure? Was it the funding? 
Yeah, UNRWA means like, if, if you look at the UNRWA, the, the history of UNRWA, it was like established because of what's happening to us to Palestine because we're refugees. Like, I, I call myself a Syrian refugee, to be honest. I got from Gaza to now to Dublin, so I'm a Syrian refugee everywhere. I never went back to my home homeland, which is Ashkelon, Majdal. You're from Ashkelon? Yeah, from Ashkelon, yeah. El uh, Majdal, so yeah. Um, as well, so I'm saying like UNRWA played a big part in our lives because they were helping us. Uh, helping like the refugees, they they're basically established because of we are refugees. Like, but 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 if there was so so Barra again, same sort of question. I'm told that if people in Gaza and Palestine would say, "Great, if there was no, we, if we didn't need UNRWA, it would mean we would no longer be refugees." Is that the case? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they're trying this now. They're trying to disregard honor war because they wanted to ethnically cleanse every Palestinian yes, in Gaza yeah. and to end the Palestinian cause. And the second point I would like to say after the ICJ ruling and they talked to honor war quotes and everything they're trying to disregard the honor as much as possible to tell them like and more, more false reporting exactly, by the yeah. way yeah that's why they're trying to like fight us in every possible way to destroy us but not Palestinian was still resist I resist by playing my music mm. I play Palestinian music for the core music so yeah I resist by by dancing Dabka everyone has his own way of resisting he resists by doing his like uh, photography about Palestine and everything so yeah I think that's important to note as well, just like you see in this ICJ case when they talk about genocide, what is genocide, and obviously mm. killing members of the group, harming members of the group, but also destroying the conditions necessary for life. So you see honor being um, defunded. You see targeting of Red Crescent yes. workers in the hope that the Red Crescent will actually have to withdraw their staff because it's too dangerous. Um, but you also see targeting of the culture as a form of genocide as well. And you see how many mosques, how many universities have been destroyed. Um, how many... Professor were killed. Yeah. How many intellectual person were killed? How many doctors were killed? Like I'll tell you a story. If you know Dr. Muhammad Abu Salmiya, mm. he's the head of a Shifa hospital. So he now he's in Israeli prison. And I got a shocking so a guy who was released from Israeli prison, he said they are humiliating him. They bought a chain on his head. Jesus. They broke his two arm. And they're forcing him that's just woven for like and for just to eat like animals to treat him like animals why because he couldn't just he they want him to lie and say like yeah Hamas is using a Shifa hospital as their military base and he's refusing to do that so they're humiliating him now in the Israeli prison so yeah and we gotta remember there's two different types of there's a military court and then there's the actual court of justice exactly. and and Palestinians don't often get to go to the uh, court of justice they get sent to the military court so it's I mean again we know this listeners probably don't but it's so fucking frustrating because you, you have to understand that the, the information that we get fed then is that this is you know that he might be guilty of something the inference is that he's guilty of yeah, something yeah and I mean it's the same when people refer to and I like people do it on on reaction, but Gaza is an open air prison. Mm. The fact calling it a prison suggests that people in there have done something wrong and should yes. be there. Yes, I mean a concentration camp is a more accurate description of what Gaza is. In in as particularly now, um, and also like you said, a laboratory for testing weapons yeah. and, and testing drones, detecting facial recognition technology, um, which is which like, they can then sell for more. Yeah, for, for battle tested and all this like labeling that you see on on. Raytheon products and, yeah. and which are which have offices in in the north of in Belfast, 
I mean, this is, we, we are all complicit. We're all... Offices linked. which, and they had factories which were shut down by the Raytheon 9 as well mm. in the north. So like, again, going back, and that was obviously a different mm. different country, different conflict, but going back through resilience and, and Irish people's resistance and, and duty to stand up for people who have a, who are in a current situation that matches our past is even worse than our past. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I would like to say one thing to say, like... I'm sure like people understand what an open air prison is, but I'm I'm just gonna say it now. Imagine like you have a dog and you have a room and you just close the room with that dog and you he's not allowed to eat, to do anything to drink unless you give him the food, you give him the drink, you give him anything. That's how we're treated. So when you go outside the open air prison and you see a different life, you get shocked like mm. why am I being treated this way and these these kids are being treated in a different way. So yeah. I think we'll I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I just want to thank Barra for coming over. It's wonderful to see you again. Glad to see there's a bit of light in your eyes. Um you're you you absolutely um made everybody on the night stand up and listen and take pay attention because your story is just one of many people's stories, but it was they needed to hear it from from you on that night. And I will always be grateful for you sharing, Aziz. Thank you so much for for coming again, and Brian. Thank you for for always uh, for your advocacy on so many different topics. I will end with one little quote from a friend of mine in relation to the situation, as you as you said it. He said, "Gaza was my refugee camp. Gaza became my concentration camp." And Gaza is now my execution camp. We'll talk to you all very soon, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Recognise the struggle cause we've seen it before Curse of Cromwell, bloody Sunday and the burning of Cork Balfour left his mark on the Emerald Isle Then he went and lit a spark under the Zionist coin The black and tans were ousted finally from these shores Churchill went and sent him to the Palestine police force Anybody born in the shadow of their main oppressor Diamonds formed from years under the greatest pressure Occupation over several centuries Sadly scares remain deep within collective memory Connected through history We can hear your people's call Up and down this island your flag flies over City Hall Deep down we recognise under the rubble Our brothers and our sisters from a similar struggle Oich Ella Oich Ella Oich Ella Lanami da roigni nyerke kurla kela Gazans penned in Trapped by the wall, Israelis daily violating international law. It's military aid, the legal law neglected as exceptions are made. In Gaza, they literally have their backs to the wall. Israelis daily violating international law. F-16s, Apaches, US military aid, the legal law neglected as exceptions are made. Collective punishment, the slaughter of civilians. You don't target anyone when you cut water off to millions. Oasis of democracy, far from that. Families forced from the West Bank as land gets grabbed. Like 1984 on a daily basis. NSO, Pegasus, Blue Wolf surveillance. Amazon and Google workers want to watch they witnessed. Feed with them to put an end to Project Nimbus. Unity. 
Do need A200 trying to do more spying Need real journalism to review their crimes APAC, hijack, what's truth or lies So you may not read about it in the New York Times Oich, Ella Oich, Ella Oich, Ella Danami de Roig, Ninyake, Kolekela Resistance from the Raytheon 9 or an Elbit system. Solidarity to people no different to you and I. Ask the UN Betzelem or Rabbis for human rights. Anybody listening who refuses to get it. Criticizing war crimes isn't anti Semitic. We know Jews and Zionists are not one and the same. Love to Jewish voice for peace, screaming not in our name. We coined the term boycott down around Westport. Ironically, might just be our proudest export. Call for BDS and more trade embargoes. For stevedores and ports not to take their cargo. We mourn innocent debts of every persuasion, but know the way to end the violence is to end the occupation. Pray this dark night will end. And we'll see the dawn, Ireland to Palestine, Sir Shah Shia Khan.
You're up for it, Aaron Aziz, everybody. Yup, the flats. Holy shit. I said it was going to be good, but I, I undersold it. Didn't I undersell it?